We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition where the Thunder have finished their mini-series in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Thunder lose their second overtime game, 114-113, to LeBron James and the Lakers. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I am joined tonight by the one and the only, his dog's already barking, Taylor Peterson. Hey, I had a pretty good sounder here, but uh, my dogs are about to run it. Anyways, here we go. Nip Hustle the Great, Middle Fingers in Your Face. But imagine that being Kenny Hustle the Great, Middle Fingers in Your Face. Rest in peace, Nip. I love it. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are also the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops. And uh, we are here to break down this second game of the Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder go 0-2 against the Lakers in the past three nights. Taylor, the miniseries is over. They are off to Denver Friday night. But Taylor, second verse, same as the first, man. Yeah, that's right. Let's uh, Like like you tweeted out, let's just go ahead and recycle um, the posting podcast I did uh, a couple nights ago. And just instead of that SGA blurb, we'll just throw in a Kenrick Hustle blurb and uh you know we'll, there you we'll go. be good to go i mean the game <laughs> started off the exact same the thunder built a massive first quarter lead they were up by 20 at one point uh-huh they see it kind of start to whittle away over the course of the game the lakers really kick the energy up in the fourth quarter it's back and forth uh the thunder have some opportunities uh to to win uh the other night it was Shea hitting three free throws to force overtime. Tonight it was LeBron hitting a three to force overtime. Both games end up going into overtime. Uh Monday night the Thunder ran out of gas a little bit in OT. Tonight uh ends up being a very, very close game in overtime that is eventually sealed with LeBron James um stealing an inbounds pass with about four seconds left. The Thunder got the ball back. Uh, in a scramble, but unable to get a shot off before the buzzer, uh, resulting in a 113-114 to loss. 
And Taylor, like, like I said, it's so similar to that Monday game that Very. I felt like I was in the twilight zone. But it just it, we briefly mentioned this, but uh, obviously Shea Gilgis Alexander was out with a quote unquote uh, knee soreness, <laughs> which yeah. is just like it. I Although know, he was Jake, very Jacob, active on that bench. How, how do you feel about that, Jacob? Um, obviously, I think if this was a like last season, for example, I think Shea would have played. Um, and it, it, do you feel like that injury that happened to Shea here? I guess it was last week now, where he fell down with that knee injury in the first half of uh, the first game against the Timberwolves. Am I correct there? Yes, I believe so. And he ended up playing the rest of the game, set out the second game um, back-to-back against the Timberwolves, which absolutely makes sense. Then he goes and just, like, goes off against the Lakers two nights ago and doesn't play this game. Does that almost feel like an ex- – like, do you think that came down from the same I, – I guess what I'm trying to say is, does Sam Presti come down and say, hey, Shay, you're not playing tonight? Sorry. You guys are playing uh, too well? Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's what's going on. Or it should um, just be like, we're being I think super precautionary. This isn't su- the season I think they're being super, super cautious. Like, there's no reason to risk Shea's long-term health uh, With in a this season, season like this season. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's definitely that's, fair. that's definitely kind of the vibe that I got from this. But um, I mean, just being we, very, very cautious with him. So we had eight active players. Um, we thought we were going to have nine. It seemed like Isaiah Rowe was going to play, uh, but he ended up coming out um, before the game in street clothes. And so we genuinely had another eight players. And like you said, Jacob, <laughs> I think that just the the first thing maybe to jump into um, is just how well coached this team is, how they play the same way, it seems, on both ends of the floor, regardless of who is playing, regardless of who they plug in. And uh, it, it was really kind of almost humorous, the way that they started off the game, almost the same exact way they did with a different eight-player combination two nights ago. Yeah, no, they started off with a ton of energy. The offense looks different because they don't have uh, a main creator uh, whenever guys like Teo and Shea and George Hill don't play. Uh, tonight, starting backcourt of Hamadou Diallo and Lou Dort. Um, so a, a little bit different of an offensive style. They ran a lot of stuff through Al Horford in the high post. But yeah, like you said, you know, eight guys tonight. One of those eight only played 14 minutes in an overtime game. That would be Darius Miller. Uh, the other seven all played 27 minutes or more. Only three guys played in the 40-minute range. That would be Kenrich Williams, Darius Baisley, and Lou Dort. And... You, you know, you just have to tip your cap to these guys because, like you Absolutely. said, regardless of who's out there, they play their asses off. They they scrap. They fight. Um, Matt Moore, hardwood paroxysm on uh, on Twitter mentioned this is tonight. The tweet. Yeah, he Perfect said something about how like the Thunder just cannot build a bad team. Like this team just scraps and fights and claws and does not give up. Uh, the really. This whole team is kind of like the embodiment of Kenrich Williams himself, uh, which is that's, really cool. That's a you perfect know? analysis, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it's really cool the way it works, but it makes this team very fun to watch. And you know what, Taylor? It was a fun game. It was very entertaining. We got to see some big performances. The Thunder forced overtime again against the defending champs. And I, I found the Matt the, Moore tweet. Okay, go um, for it. I find it hilarious that no matter how hard they try, OKC can't build a bad team. 
this may not be good, but they were, sorry, this team may not be good, but they were such a pain in the ass to play, which is the perfect encapsulation of this team. And like you said, it's almost like Kenrich Williams, which we'll get into um, as a team. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like just a whole team of Kenny Hustles. Um, But maybe controversial, Taylor, but I think these two games in L.A. went about exactly to script as you as you could have had them young guys play well they show a lot of grit they show a lot of heart you see growth from some guys they force overtime against a really good team they end up losing and at this point in time at 12 34 a.m on february 11th the thunder are now the sixth best odds uh, in the nba draft lottery right, uh, they have right. the sixth best odds they are tied with chicago and miami um, so the Thunder are have two picks right now that are looking real nice as far as trying to land in the top five and select a Cade Cunningham, a Jalen Suggs, a Jonathan Kaminga, etc. So <laughs> speaking of Kaminga, yeah, got to watch him a little the game bit today. Tonight. So yeah, or yeah. today, sorry, not tonight. So it's um, I think it's really the perfect storm for what you want from this team. Young guys are growing. The coaching staff is putting them in positions to succeed. They're being competitive but then they're also bettering their draft pick at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, uh, this is a disclaimer I made on uh, the post game a couple nights ago, but no Anthony Davis for the Lakers. But even then, uh, you know, the veteran players that that Los Angeles Lakers team has compared to the Thunder, um, who were only playing, again, eight players for each game and eight different players for each game really is pretty incredible. So I think you're exactly right there. I think the the biggest thing that sticks out to me first, Jacob, is just the the culture and the, the style of play that's been imp, uh, implemented on both sides of the floor. It, it really complements, I think, these young players who have something to prove or even just young players who are super talented. I really think it plays to their strengths. And I think that's why we're seeing that regardless of who Dignall, uh plugs in, they're having success. Exactly. No. And yeah, it's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to the development staff. And it's a credit to, to these younger players' work ethic, right? That they are able to uh, buy into that as well as the veterans be, that are yeah, playing on this team. And be as successful as they are. So, Taylor, let's jump into some individual performances tonight. Uh, I think we have a handful to talk about. Uh, both on, on on both ends of the scale, uh, honestly. Let's start with a guy that uh, I think has been really impressive in his past month or so uh, and is really starting to, I think, really solidify himself as, as a guy in the league now. Uh, Are you talking Diallo. about my guy? Hommy my Diallo. man? I never 15. gave up on him once, Jacob. Not once. Not ever, especially not last season. So please don't go back and listen to uh, my podcast from last season. Oh, Brody's calling me out over here. Homie ends the <laughs> night 15 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, and two blocks. Um, another impressive night from Hamadou. He took two threes, missed both of them, was only five of 13 from the field, but five of seven from the free throw line, which is encouraging. This guy, Taylor, he continues to impress me. I, I think mainly from the standpoint of he is starting Much more controlled starting to be more controlled and opening up more, the floor playing more within himself uh, he just he he passes and he attacks the rim 
with reckless abandon, and that's what you want from him, right? We don't want those mid-range Js. If he takes a couple of them, like whatever, you don't want him falling in that cycle, though. You want him attacking the basket, and I thought he did that wonderfully tonight. I thought the perfect Hamadou Diallo possession tonight. He blocks a Dennis Schroeder layup with, with both hands, hands on the glass, Ugh. pulls the, the ball down, and just gets shot out of a damn cannon uh, on the fast break, takes the ball coast to coast uh, for, I think he got a dunk on the other end. And it's just like, that is the encapsulation of what you want yes. from Hamadou Diallo. And that's him using his athleticism to the utmost ability. Something um, we never saw Terrence Ferguson do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He truly is honing it in. The most impressive thing to me, and I mentioned this a couple nights ago, is it seems like the floor, well, I, maybe the, the best way to describe this is uh, a common term. The The game is truly slowing down for him. Uh-huh. And uh, I, what I was about to say is that <laughs> the, the game the is floor, slowing down. Hami is not slowing down. He's still all. going 100 miles He's more, an hour. much more poised and controlled, and I think uh, the perfect example of that, he had just an incredible pass. Was it to Baisley there in the second half, Jacob? Do you remember that, that In that talking? fourth quarter, that, that off the dribble? Horford. I think it was, uh, I can't remember who it was to, but yeah, somebody <laughs> was cutting across the lane, and he off the dribble. It was uh, beautiful. Just hit like, them right in the chest for a layup, have, yeah. If you would have told me two years ago that Hamadou Diallo was going to, well, okay, two years ago maybe, last year, if you're going to tell me that he was going to make a pass like that, I'd be a little surprised because he just was running off raw athleticism. Um, but Hami has just been super impressive. And like I mentioned um, on the, the past couple of podcasts, like ever since he's been in that starting lineup, he seems to be even more con- more poised, uh, more controlled, looking for teammates. Like you said, he's not settling for for um, bad shots, like uh, off the dribble, um, mid-range shots. I mean, he just seems much more poised, and that's super exciting to see. Now, granted, tonight he was only 5 of 13, but he also had a uh, an injury that um, that that, that kind of took him out there for a while. And the, uh, what was it, like the beginning of the, or I guess the end of the first half, uh, beginning of the second half? Yeah, or, or I think it might have been end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Okay, end of the third. Gotcha. gotcha. But yeah, he, he, stayed he came out. back looking okay, thank yeah. goodness. Only 37 but. minutes for Homie tonight. I think uh, if he hadn't tweaked whatever he had tweaked, he probably would have had uh, over 40 easy. Um, but yeah, and, and one last thing on Homie real quick. I've mentioned this on a podcast before, but I want to reiterate it again here. He, You can tell that he has worked incredibly hard at finishing with both hands around the rim. He has a lot of really nice left-handed finishes uh, that I don't think he's had in the past. You can tell he's really put the work in to be a more ambidextrous player, uh, especially finishing. And so shout out to him because that makes him so much more effective. Uh, He's so explosive. He can get past anybody and get to the rim. And then it really comes down to finishing and his finishing has been really good this season. Agreed. Agreed. So so shout out to Homie. Um, Next guy we want to talk about, Taylor, Struggled at the beginning. I thought really came to life down the stretch in the fourth and in overtime. Lugents? Uh, our guy Lou Dort. Uh, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Uh, only 17, 7 of 17 from the field. Uh, an ugly 0 of 5 from 3. That makes him a total of 0 of 11 from 3 in Los Angeles over the past two games. Struggled a lot early. But in, in down the stretch in that fourth quarter and in overtime... Lou became a human wrecking ball, uh, just barreling to the rim, bouncing dudes off. He knocked LeBron to the floor. He knocked uh, Montrez Harrell to the floor, uh, getting to the basket, getting and ones, getting layups. He finally started finishing a little bit. And then, obviously, what everybody's talking about, just that absolute lockdown defense 
on that final possession that led oh to a goodness. LeBron James yeah. airball. Just absolutely beautiful. And I loved your response. So sort of our good, very good friends over at Boomtown that tweeted out that highlight. And I loved your response, Jacob, talking about how obviously everybody's going to be talking about the active hands because that's what sticks out and also was a great aspect of that possession. But it was his defensive, it was his feet, it was his lateral movement. Yeah, that made his it feet were constantly so, bouncing. Oh, constantly bouncing. Most, I, mean, I don't, I shouldn't say the most athletic, but I mean, one of the two best players to ever play the game in the NBA. And Lou Dort is doing that in his second season. Yeah, it's impressive. Like, those are the type of plays that make the rounds and get national guys to start looking at Lou. Which hey, eventually, Sam Vecini two nights ago said that. Uh, oh, sorry, that was Hamadou. <laughs> Never mind. But no, those are the types of things that get people's attention and get them to watch him, uh, which ends up getting him on all defensive teams. Uh, absolutely. I absolutely. Mean, that, that 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 play by Lou just just incredible. Yeah, some love from a world worldwide web. Yep, definitely. Um, so he has struggled from three for a while now. Uh, a very hard regression back to the means. So this think- is from uh, our friend Joe uh, Masato from the Oklahoman tweeted out that Lou Dort is 3 of 29 from 3 in his last six games. Now, granted, that was uh, at 11.04 p.m., so uh, the game had not been finished at that point. But with I that think being he took said, one or two more threes after that tweet came out as well. So Not great. Definitely <laughs> regression to the mean and even a little, like, Less I think so? I think he's probably down to about thirty three percent from three Ugh. now when he was at forty three percent earlier. But you know, this opens up this really interesting question of like, which one is fake and which one is real? Was right. was right. that first nineteen games where he shot forty five percent was that real, or is this horrible slump where he's shooting like twenty percent from three is that real? I keep I, using I a cop-out answer. Like I, I, I keep using the cop-out answer in the, the past couple of postings that I've done that it's um, – I, I genuinely think he has improved from last season from the three-point line, but I don't think he is as good much. as he showed right yeah. in, in those that first two weeks of the season. It's like he had a big swing up. He had a big swing down. We're going to see it swing back up again, but eventually – It's going to level it's out. It's going to level out in the middle there somewhere. And that's where he's going to end up at. I, right. Just like shot, stock prices. You exactly. know, if you guys invested into AMC or uh, what was the other one that went crazy? GameStop. Yeah, GameStop. There it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think he'll end up leveling out. So he'll be all right. A couple more guys that we'll talk about real fast, Taylor, before we get on to some Twitter questions. We want to maybe get moving a little bit quicker through some of these other ones. Uh, let's hit three more guys before we hey, get out Hey, don't call me out like that, Jacob. <laughs> Let's hit three more guys before we get out of here. Let's go with one of the negatives on the night, uh, which would be Darius Baisley. Uh, Bays had nine points, seven rebounds, uh, four of 15 shooting. That's 26%. One of four from three. This comes on two days after Baisley had 22 or 23 points and 16 rebounds on way more efficient shooting. The, the theme of Darius Baisley's season inconsistency hey if you ever listen to your co-host individual postgame podcast jacob you would know that two weeks ago i was already all over this and i just like hammered it home two nights ago 
I did listen to your podcast from two nights ago. I worked out. It's too damn cold to work out in the garage, so I worked out here in the podcast room today. I like I, it. I like I it. And did you hear about my 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 slight concerns? I, I enjoyed that Darius Baisley or enjoyed goodness. I I was impressed by Darius Baisley getting out of that slump that he was in here a couple of weeks ago. However, with that being said, um, he's he's been starting like when he's gotten out of that slump. It seems like he's starting out hot when he's when he's starting with the the starting lineup. But whenever Dagnall sits him, um, there for a while it was like that second quarter. You know, he would he would sit, come back in in the second, late or midway through the second, and he just couldn't get it going again. Now, uh, two nights ago, it was a little different because there's only eight players, so he played a good amount in the first half. He had a really solid first half, but then halftime happens. He comes back out after halftime, and he's basically non-existent, at least on the offensive end. And tonight, I think we just kind of saw that in general, like you said, the inconsistency. Um, is a concern to at least bring up about Baisley. But here's the thing about Baisley, Jacob. It's not about this season. Um, honestly, maybe it's not even just about next season. It's going to be about like two seasons from now. And if he's yeah. still doing this, then that's an issue. For sure. No, and my thing is you want to see growth and you want to see that right. level Right, absolutely. Up. And we've uh, seen I, that this season. Yeah, I've harped on it a but. lot. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Baisley has these times where he looks like he is overthinking the game and he's he's thinking too much and not playing off of instinct. In the first half and the first quarter against the Lakers on Monday night, Baisley looked like he was just playing off instinct and just doing what felt right and just going out there and being aggressive, and he played great. Tonight, he looked constantly like he was trying to figure out what to do, like the wheels were like slowly turning in his head. And, and that led to a very poor performance. I'm sure the coaching staff sees this too. But Baisley, it just feels like, needs to play more on instinct and less on like overthinking the game. So hopefully he can get to that moving forward. But again, he's a young guy. He's had a very, you want to talk about his play being inconsistent. The league has been very inconsistent in his two years in, this, in the NBA. Last season with the shutdown, this season with just how everything is crazy. So hopefully he'll find himself a groove uh, moving forward. No, I, more, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Two more guys I want to talk about. Uh, first, we got to talk about the vet Al Horford. Uh, he Horford goes 11, 11 of 18 game. from the field tonight, 61%. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, and a block. Al did a little bit of everything tonight incredibly impressive. We've seen this from him before whenever guys like Shea and Teo are out where Al becomes the offensive hub and really runs the show offensively. Taylor, he's looked impressive. He's looked very impressive. And I think the um, the thing that stood out to me the most tonight was just like his aggressiveness. I mean, you Dude, saw he got him up going and at LeBron. Yeah, with that too. We haven't seen that from him this season. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he <laughs> was like wanting that matchup in the post against LeBron. Like he was... He was getting he was, frisky down there. He wanted that win. He wanted that win, which is pretty awesome to see. And um, I think it was Nate Jones, um, who is the uh, a part of the agency who represents Dame Lillard. I think he's kind of the main contact for that, maybe the main agent. Uh, and very well known around the NBA um, at media. He, he mentioned that Al Horford is a target for many contenders who really want to take that step to the next level. And I, I couldn't agree more. He's playing great, Jacob. And yeah. I think he's proving that. So it will be really interesting. I Again, I know that contract's hard to swallow. But it will be interesting to see what happens come trade deadline in March. Um, 
with OKC and Al Horford because he has been having some flashes like games like tonight, games like last week, um, and even in between, he's been playing really solid. Yep, and and again, the value that you get from a Horford trade might not be the thing that you're bringing oh, no. back in return, but just, just by not having him on this team, you open up more minutes for more young guys to get more experience, and you will inevitably Agreed. lose more games, which gets you a better draft pick and gets you a long-term player on this team come this coming July rather than having Al Horford who at max has like one more season left here. Right. And so you're, you're just, you're, you're, you're playing the smart long game uh, by dealing Al Horford. Last guy we got to talk about, and then we'll move on to some Twitter questions and get out of here. Kenny hustle. The great, we got to mention Kenny hustle, man, 24 points, a career high, 24 points on an Uber efficient 11 of 14 from the field. That's 79%. Two of three from three. He also chipped in six rebounds, two assists, and three steals. Just did a little bit of everything tonight. I thought we were going to get a Kenny Hustle 30 piece tonight. And I, I did was too. Very I did excited too. about it. Jacob, but it, Kenrick is like, he's like Nick Collison on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> he makes I, all the right plays. He's, he's kind of like he's the weak. things that don't show up on the, on, on the, sorry, that, that don't show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, he's still putting up numbers on these stat sheets. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. He's, he's, he's the wing Nick Collison. Yes, no, right, absolutely. But, but scoring, um, rebounding, um, he, his, he's making his, great passes, yeah. and he's just saving plays, diving for the loose balls, uh, boxing out, uh, or even just getting tips um, on rebounds that create like an extra possession. Just doing exactly. all the right things. He works his ass off, Taylor. I mean, tonight he's, he's he's listed, working your ass yeah. off. <laughs> he's listed as the the starting small forward tonight. But I think he played like all five positions. One hundred percent. He can he play center. Up. He can bring the <laughs> ball up. He can initiate. He does a little bit of everything. But it's just he. I mean, he has the nickname for a reason. His tenacity yep. and his just yep. I'm going to wor- outwork everybody on this court is incredibly commendable. He tries really hard every night and makes it super easy to root for. Uh, people love to see guys like that, and it's been really fun to watch Kenny Hustle play. I've really enjoyed. Uh, kind of seeing him this season, you know, I mean, we were harping for him to get cut whenever they had to do cuts because we wanted Frank Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and then I mean, now I, you look I mentioned at that like, a couple nights ago. He uh, made me eat my words one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, Frank Jackson's not getting minutes in Detroit right now, and Kenny and Hustle's now, balling yeah. his ass out. Right. Not only that, but like, this is a guy you can plug and play with just about any line. Uh, this is the versatility, the kind of versatility that you want. Um, when you're building a team like the OKC Thunder is, I would not be surprised to see Kenrick Williams on this team two seasons from now, right? Maybe even three seasons from now. We'll see. Yep. He's, he's just that kind of hard work glue guy that I'm sure that, that franchises just absolutely love to have in the locker room and on the, in the, yeah. in the practice facility. Um, he just probably raises the level of everybody around him. So Agreed. Uh, shout out to Kenny hustle, man. He had a hell of a night. Taylor, Jump let's get some Twitter questions. Let's get to some Twitter questions. I know it's late. Uh, a lot of people are probably already in bed, but we got some awesome Twitter questions uh, from, from some of you all. So let's dive into those now. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, first one comes from at Black Dolphin 5. Asks, after seeing, silver. after seeing two games against the Lakers, which loss was more impressive and why? Uh, there, there's multiple questions in here, so we'll start with that one. Which loss was oh, more impressive so and why? Tough. I'm going to go with the first one just because we saw, and I mentioned this two nights ago. I keep bringing that up, and I apologize, but we saw Shea go from uh, showing potential of an all-star to showing potential of a superstar, like top yeah. 10 player in the league. So I'm going to go with uh, two nights ago. Yeah, seeing Horford play great is awesome. Seeing Kenny play great is awesome. But Shea is your is your blue chip. Um, he he is your kind of building block moving forward. And so seeing him do something like that, I think, is more significant. Uh, did head coach Mark Dagnalt give a blueprint to beating the Lakers? Uh, Taylor, I think this one's probably a no. The Lakers came out with very little energy. They probably came out both games just thinking, hey, the Thunder just need to roll over and, and accept what's going to happen. And the Thunder didn't and made them work. Um, I'm not worried about the Lakers. I don't think other teams are going to watch this film and say, oh, this is how we beat them because I don't think the Lakers gave full effort. Agree. Agree. Uh, and they set AD the entire time. Like, <laughs> and I'm with you. Yep. Uh, last one from Matt Black Dolphin Five. Uh, if the core guys keep progressing on this track, how long do you think the retooling will take? That's a good question, and honestly, it this may be a cop out answer, but it really depends on who they draft in the next, really two drafts, um, because at that point, you can keep some of these guys. If, if Lou continues to progress and Shea continues to like take another level. Um, you know, you can use some of those picks to start actually building a team around those core guys, um, depending on who you pick in the next draft or two. No, I agree. And and here's the thing. We talk a lot about how, like, is Lou Dort sealing Marcus Smart, right? And let's say it is. You're not winning a title with Marcus Smart as, like, your second best player, right? Like, that's a nice role player to have on your team. So, the development of these guys like like Lou Dort, like Darius Baisley, like Hamadou Diallo, while them developing is good and important because those are going to be like possibly some of your starters and your role players moving forward, those aren't the guys that get you to that second round, that conference finals, that NBA finals in the playoffs. You need your Shays, your possibly your, your Cade Cunninghams, your Jonathan Kamingas, your Evan Mobley's type of guys. And so I, I don't think it's as much on the progression of some of the guys that Thunder have now as it is more on finding those guys in the draft. So hey, I'm how with you. dare you? Uh, Lou Dort is linebacker Dwayne Wade. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, our homie Bran XO from Twitter asks, is Kenny Hustle, she said Kenrich Williams, but I'm going Kenny Hustle. 
Is Kenny Hustle better than Baisley? And will he get even more minutes when this roster is healthy? He will get more minutes compared to what he has been getting when this roster is healthy. Um, but is he better than Baisley? Maybe right now, just like on paper. But Jacob, I'm I'm not giving up on Baisley. And I know, I know it, it's so tough to judge him um, based off what we've seen the past, what, season and a third now. Um, but he's shown so many flashes, especially for not playing a year in college and just his development. Um, I just want to see him put a complete game together. And if he can do that before the season's over, uh, I, I think we're going to see some really impressive things from Baisley. He yeah. just needs that confidence. He's very much a mental player. I, I want to see him put it together for like 10 straight games before I True. really start True. chalking up to him. But I, Taylor, I think what you're kind of getting to here is that Kenny is probably the better player right now, but Bays has the higher ceiling. Will he achieve that ceiling? We don't know. Spot but, on. But Baisley probably has the higher ceiling. Uh, last one comes from at John Edwin 755. He says, what do you think is happening to Baisley? He was playing really good at the beginning of the season, but he has been struggling offensively for a while, and I'm kind of worried. He is my favorite young guy that's not named Shea. Taylor, I mentioned this to you um, off the podcast earlier tonight. I haven't looked up the stats. Maybe I'll deep dive into it tomorrow since I have another snow day. But I would be really fascinated to see on-off numbers with yeah, Shea. Yeah, what Baisley's numbers look like whenever he plays with Shea versus whenever he's whenever he's not whenever he's on the court and Shea is not. And, and then even with uh, with both Shea and we we'll dive into that. We you can do that on NBAStats.com. However, I'm not sure if you can do two players because I also would be curious to see um, with George Hill alongside Shea. Yeah, um, I feel like whenever Shea is out there as the initial creator, that Baisley ends up being more of a play finisher. And is and you know is like the third guy on the team and plays again like I said earlier a lot more off of instinct and a lot less thinking and going through the motions. Uh, I I don't know what those stats will look like, but my assumption is that Baisley probably looks a lot better on the court whenever Shea is out there with him. Uh, but yeah, John, I mean we we harped on this earlier. You know, it's it's the inconsistency of Baisley. I don't think anything specifically has happened to him. I think he's, he's just an inconsistent so player. Young. Yeah, and he's a, and they, he's a kid. Right. Right, exactly. Taylor, do you know what I was doing when I was 20? <laughs> I, I was I'm not, not sure at, I want to know, Jacob. I was not good at anything, <laughs> right? I was in community was college in working at a video game store. That's exactly right. Um, yep. You know, not knowing what the hell to do with my life. Yep. Like, So it's hard to harp on this well, kid that's 20 years old. It, just to, uh, just to the, the point of the question, I mean, he came out hot this season. And you don't have guys like Chris Paul or Danilo Gallinari anymore, or even Stephen Adams anymore, right? So, like, basically, when he comes out hot like he did, he's going to become a focus of the offense. And I think he is kind of struggling with that, being guarded a, a different way than he's used to. Definitely. And, you know, Taylor, I think you bring up a good point there. His vets are gone. And we talked about this in the preseason. Guys like he and Shea and Lou were kind of thrust into leadership opportunities for this team because they are now the the guys that have been here for the longest, save Hamadou Diallo. And so it's it's a totally different environment for him, um, not only on the basketball court, but in the locker room with the team, with the organization. Again, He's starting to take a leadership role on very 
very, very early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a young kid, so we'll give him time to to grow and progress. Um, has he been great lately? No. Uh, but again, he's 20 years old. We're going to give him time. We're going to see how he progresses and what he turns into. Uh, with that, Taylor, those are all the Twitter questions. I think it is time for us to get out of here. Two fun games in L.A., Jacob. Hey, Two yeah. very fun games. We got another one against champs. Denver coming up, which should be pretty entertaining. Hopefully, Al Horford will play this time, so yeah, Isaiah Roby doesn't have to uh, doesn't have to try to guard the Joker. That was uh, that was a poor experience the last time around. But hey, thank you guys so much for checking out our podcast. We super appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, drop that five star rating on iTunes. Would mean the world to us. Helps other people find the podcast as well. Shoots us up those up those boards and uh it just makes me feel good generally in life so we'll be back with you guys friday night after the thunder take on the denver nuggets and then as always sunday night 9 p.m central time live stream we'll be on twitter facebook and youtube so come hang out join us in the chat drop some questions interact with us we love chatting with you guys till then stay warm because it's cold as hell out there stay safe and we will talk to you here in about 48 hours And as always, thunder up.